0: Wherefore, gird up the loins of your minds. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14 As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. I don't know exactly how this is going to unfold, but I want to take my title tonight from verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. We're going to talk about this subject tonight, sober-minded, sober-minded. Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. Let's ask God to touch with the as He's really bad sick tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in this church. God, I pray right now that you would get a hold of this sickness that keeps running rampant in this, in this congregation. Lord, I pray that you would cast it out in the name of Jesus Lord, take this spirit of infirmity and cast it down in the name of the Lord. God, I pray that you would touch Brother Tuffy, Lord, that you would heal his body. God, all those that are maybe sick or whatever the situation may be, you know what's going on in their hearts and their minds. God, I pray that you would meet with us all as we begin to dive into the word of the Lord tonight. We thank you for your grace and your mercy today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Amen. I, I have wrestled all day about what I'm going to be preaching tonight, and uh, God didn't give me these scriptures until about an hour before service and saw his face asking him, Lord, what do you want me to say? And so if this doesn't make sense to you tonight, blame me. If it goes well, blame God. <laughs> all right. Amen. But I want you to understand the scriptures here in Peter is writing, he's talking to the people in this letter and he simply said this, gird up the loins of your mind. Now one of the things that stood out to me in this passage of scripture as I was reading through these things tonight was the term gird up the loins. Um, every other place, especially in the Old Testament when you hear somebody talking about girding up their loins, they are getting their garment situated in such a way that they can run and that they can battle and that they can fight a, uh, and on behalf of whatever country they are a part of. Um, the, the, the prophets in at times in the scripture, they would gird up their loins and, and they would go out and they would begin to fight battles and and I thought it was uh, unique that Unique to Peter to use this kind of terminology as we know that Peter uh, throughout his life was a man of action. A man who would not sit idly by and be happy just going through the motions living for God. Amen. He saw an opportunity arise and he thought he could do something about it. Uh, and it even caused him to cut a man's ear off which that the Lord put back on that man uh, very, very miraculously, and the the apostle Peter writes in his first epistle in in this opening chapter, and he simply says, "Gird up the loins of your mind." Uh, I, I began to wonder. Can we put it this way? I, I'm not saying this is the absolute interpretation of this scripture, but can you let me just make an application in this place today? I want to say this, it's time for us to do what the the Apostle Peter told us to do in the Word of God. We need to gird up our loins. We need to prepare our minds to fight in the battle of our salvation. Uh, The salvation, your salvation is going to be won within your mind Uh, the apostle Paul talks about how it is important to make sure that we cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the Lord Uh, it's important that we put everything else aside and allow the Holy Ghost to begin to reign in our mind but he said he said you need to gird up the loins of your mind Get control of them. Get ready, amen, because we're about to go to battle. He, I, I, and I'm just going to tell you, and I don't know who else is listening online tonight, but I just want you to understand, we are not living in, in, in days where the Savior is going to come back in a thousand years from now. Honey, I believe that the Lord's going to be back very, very, very soon. Uh, it's important that we decide whether we're going to fight in this battle or whether we're going to sit on the sidelines. We need the Holy Ghost to lead us and to guide us exactly where we need to abide from day to day, not from service to service, not from, from prayer, deep prayer meeting to deep prayer meeting, but from day to day. Amen. We ought to. We have got to do this on our own we've got to do this uh, of our own accord we've got to do this unprovoked we've got to do it uh, amen we've got to do it regularly amen there is a there is an uh, 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 there is an urgency in this hour in which we live uh, that we must not be satisfied uh, sitting by the wayside and saying, all right, I'll just do what I want to whenever I want to, Uh, amen. But it's time for us to make up in our minds, uh, gird up our minds, uh, and say it's time to go and it's time to get involved in this battle. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He said, gird up the loins of your mind. And he also said, be sober. Be sober. Can I put it in another word? Be sane. Be sane. Have your wits about you. Don't be going about this thing all willy-nilly. Come together and, and don't go insane but it's time for us to get our minds set upon the Lord. Gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's simply this. We as children of God cannot afford to be dabbling in The things of the world. In order to obtain a sober mind, we cannot allow our minds to feast upon the things. The, the uh, paraphernalia, I don't know the words that you could, you could use to describe what the world is constantly pushing at us and trying to encourage us to do. We've got to get our mind out of the carnal things of the world and we've got to get our minds upon God. Amen. If you want to not be an enemy of God, you must put aside the carnal mind. It's really that simple. Amen. Because the carnal mind is enmity with God, amen. It cannot be subject unto the law of the Lord, amen. You're either subject to your own law, you're subject to the law of sin, or you're subject to the law of God. You cannot have two things at the same time. The Lord said you cannot serve two masters. Why? Because you're gonna to cling to one and hate the other or you're gonna do the opposite, You're going to make a decision at some point in time in your life, and you must do it. Amen. You must do it soon if you're going to make it to heaven. Amen. I'm telling you, the Lord is coming back very soon. Hallelujah. Just look around you. Just look around you. My family, uh, we've been inundated with with listening to the Left Behind series. And uh, I will say, I do not agree with... Most of what they talk about. Number one, there is not a second chance after the rapture or after the second coming of the Lord. It's just not going to happen. Um, once the Lord takes the church out of the world, that's it, honey. That's what the word teaches us. But I do understand that we may face some of the tribulation that, that is to come. And I want you to understand, I've said this to people in this church, uh, that, I, and I'm going to say it to everybody tonight, uh, I'm going to tell you that if you can't live for God while things are decent and things are doing okay, uh, amen, and you're not being persecuted, honey, what makes you think you're going to be able to live for God when things go crazy and they got guns pointed at your head? Hallelujah. I got to be careful because I, I, I just think, and just think about, oh, oh man, Jesus. We've got to understand that for every excuse that we have as to why we can't do something for God, Brother Mendez, I believe there's going to be somebody that God's going to stand beside us on Judgment Day that came through the same kind of situation or worse. And they made it. And they were successful and they, 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 were, they were saved and they maintained the relationship with God even in the midst of being uncomfortable in their life. Amen. I, I'm not trying to write anybody's case. I'm just trying to help you understand it's time for you to make up your mind whether you're going to live for God or not. I, I've, over the past month, God's been working overtime on me and I'm telling you, I'm sick and tired of playing patty cake with certain things in life, and I can promise you this: maybe you're going to f- start finding me that, and some folks may start calling me an old fogey, but that's okay, because it's time for us to understand this isn't playing. This isn't about playing games with God. This is about getting right with God. This is about living with God. This is about having a relationship with God. And you can't have a relationship with somebody you never talk to and you never visit. You can't, have, you can't have a relationship with somebody that you don't seek after. Well, hallelujah. And so you've got to understand, the Apostle Peter said, you've got to gird up the loins of your mind. You've got to be sober. Amen. And, and this is you're going to have to do this until the day that Jesus Christ is revealed. Or can I put it this way? Until he comes back, we've got a job to do. We've got to stay on our face in prayer. We've got to spend days in fasting. We've got to spend put our nose in this book and find out what is it that you need in my life, oh God. Oh, so I, I preached a message a long time ago, and I want you to uh, just ride with me for just a minute. But the scripture tells us remove not the old landmarks, it's a commandment in the Old Testament. God through his prophet said, remove not the old landmarks. Now, I understand and you understand what that means. But I came across a different way of looking at this. Obviously, we don't want to go and, and move the landmarks around to what we think it should be because at some point in time, things were set. The Holy Ghost Determined what guidelines and and what what the boundaries were for us as people of God. But I want you to consider with me, what about the enemy? I was reading somewhere and and I found out that of old, the enemies, what they would do, Brother Mendez, they would go to where they knew the boundary markers were and they would move them just a couple of inches. At a time. And they'd go back and they'd move it a couple inches when nobody was watching. They'd change. And before long, the landmarks had now been moved to benefit the enemy. I submit to you tonight that the enemy of our soul does the same thing in our lives. How many times? How many times have you woke up one day and said, man, how did I get here? Where did that come out in my life? How did I get so close to the the things of the world? And I submit to you, it's because you let your guard down. And he was able to slip in under the cover of night. And he's able to move those boundaries. And you were losing ground with your Savior. You've got to keep your mind in the battle. Look, we're gonna, we're gonna fight this battle until the Lord comes back. That's what Peter told us here in verse 13. Amen. And he said this, he kept. He went on to say, as obedient children, not fastening yourselves according to the former lusts of your ignorance. You were ignorant back then, but now you know better. I've said this over and over and over again, and I want you to understand, there is a sin that many of us end up falling into that we should repent of often. To him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is what? It's sin. And so if God convicted me over something and then I I end up going and turning my back in, for months, I don't touch it. But one day, you say, man, I, it can't hurt anything, you know, Pastor hadn't preached about this, but honey, did God deal with your soul about it? And if God dealt with your soul about it, you know better than to go touch that thing again, because God knows where that thing is going to lead you in the end. And so you've got to understand when God says, don't touch it, you need to not touch it. You need not to go there. You need not to do that thing, whatever it may be. Amen. I, I know, I know. I know, it's hard. It's, I grew up in an age where many people, as, as I was coming up, they would say, they, they never had a conviction for themselves, for the most part. But when somebody would ask them, why do you do what you do, and why, why, why can't you go here, and why can't you do this, and their answer of the time to the question was because my pastor told me that I shouldn't do that. Honey, that's not okay. You need to determine some convictions in your heart. This is how you're going to maintain your relationship with God. This is between you and God. Yeah, I can preach it across a pulpit, but until you get the desire to live in a holy and a separated way unto God yourself, you're not going to, you're not going to truly get the spirit of holiness that we've been talking about. Amen. Praise the Lord. But as he which what has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. What's he saying? Well, he's just telling us: if you want to be like him, you're gonna have to become holy. And you, and if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons. I I want you to see this in your scripture. Uh, Sorry, Morgan, I'm jumping through some. Verse 17, uh, verse 17 says, Because it is written, but as he has called you, which is holy. That's the next verse. And then the next one is, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And then that third one after that. Amen. The scripture simply says it this way, and if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons, can I say it this way, without prejudice of people, do you see the next word that is there in that scripture? Without respect of persons he judgeth according to, wait a minute, we're not saved by works brother Mendez. But this scripture teaches, and James does too, by the way. But this scripture here teaches me that God, the one who created all things, is going to judge me according to my works. Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, honey. The apostle Peter understood, honey. You better get a revelation. And you better understand that what you do does matter to God and where you go does matter to God and what you say does matter to God and believe it or not, how you look matters to God. He really does care about you, not just inward but also outwardly. Amen. He loves you very, very very much amen and so you should pass the time making sure that hey that that word fear doesn't mean I'm walking around scared that God's going to strike me with an axe someday no it's saying that word fear could actually have been translated with in reverence with honor unto that one who's going to judge me that day. Amen. I honor my pastor. I honor my parents. I do things around them and with them because I love them and because I want to be pleasing to them and I want them to enjoy having me around. Thus I want my heavenly father to, to, to love having me a part of his family. Amen. He paid the price for me. I should therefore continue to seek after a relationship with my Father in heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. I don't have my notes, so I had to go back over here and find out what my next batch of scriptures were. Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. Very familiar passage of scripture. You've heard me quote this multiple times, but I want to pull something from here. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through verse 3 says, verse 1 says, I beseech you. Or the apostle Paul says, I beg you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your what? Of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then verse number 3 says, For I say through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you uh, not to think of himself uh, more highly than he ought to think. Hey, don't be prideful. Don't think you got a corner on the market with God. Uh, hey Amen. don't think of yourself highly more highly than you ought to but you need to think soberly. You need to think according as God has dealt to every man according to the measure of faith that he has extended to you and to me. I didn't deserve it. Amen. I still don't deserve it but I seek after it day in and day out. God! God, let me know you like I've never known you before. God, let me have a, a deeper relationship with you than I've ever experienced in my entire life. Hallelujah! I don't think I've I've got a corner on this market. I don't think I'm anybody special, even though, Amen. That God called me to pastor a church. That's all right, but but God. I, that 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 doesn't mean I got uh, anything special going on. That just means, uh, hey Amen. I answered a call. That's all. If I didn't, somebody else would have but I want you to understand I long to go deeper in the Holy Ghost with God and my desire tonight is more of this than anything else and that is not just to go myself but each and every person that's in this house, everybody that's in this church. I long to take you deeper with me. Why? Because people will begin to realize the realness and the power of God if we can just somehow gird up the Lord Of our minds and be sober before the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was not gonna say this, but I have to. It's come to me too many times. That is this. It's not pointed at any one person, I can promise you that. But I want you to understand. I don't believe it's the will of God for any any child of God that's ever been filled with the Holy Ghost to return to what they say are herbs of the earth. Look, drugs are not the answer. When you begin allowing things into your life to begin to alter your mind, then, honey, you no longer have control of your mind. But I can also, I can, I believe, prove these things to you in the scripture that any substance, I don't care what it is, I don't care how harmless you think it is, it could go down to, it could go from pain pills to to marijuana, to, I don't know, you you name it, alcohol. When these things begin to alter the way that you think, then you can no longer be controlled by the Spirit of God because you are now being controlled by the spirits of consumption. You have so many opportunities to allow God to begin to work in your mind. You say, well, I need help getting over such and such. I, I deal with depression. I, 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 have, I have so much pain. I get it. I understand. But let me ask you a question. Do you not believe that we still serve the same God God? that we served, that they served back in the New Testament when Jesus walked the earth and somebody came up to him and said, hey, I, I, this man's lame of the palsy, that just meant he was paralyzed, he couldn't walk, he meant God reached down in his with his fleshly arm and he said, hey, and he, he raised them up off of their beds and he sent them on their way. One man, he didn't even touch him, he just said, rise up, pick up your bed and go home, Amen. Not only did he that day heal the the lame man with palsy, but he also forgave that man's sins that day. So, not only can God fill us with the Holy Ghost, God can still heal us of any infirmity in which we have in our body. You say, "Well, he hadn't done it yet." Well, let me say, he's faithful. And you know, the Apostle Paul, all I can say, I'm not trying to make excuses for God. I do know a few things about God. God has a perfect time. God has a perfect place. And God has a specific purpose when he does things. And when he allows you to suffer for a long extended time, sometimes... God's just simply saying, hey, my grace is sufficient for you. You never saw the Apostle Paul write and complain about his infirmity again. He learned that God can help. You know, one thing, I've told a few folks this, I don't know who all in the church I've said this to, but I want you guys to understand something. I do get sick, people get sick. My family gets sick, and there have been times that I've told my wife, I don't know how I'm going to be able to preach or teach, but I know that if I can just get there and get in the Holy Ghost, God's going to help me. And at those times, you'll hear me probably tell the church, hey, I'm not mad at anybody. I've just been sick, and I don't want to cause this to go through the church. I just want you to understand, sometimes God heals me and I don't deal with it again. But sometimes God heals me long enough so that I can be used in the service and move on. You say, what are you trying to say, preacher? Well, I'm just simply trying to say this. What would happen if all of us found the will of God every single day? every single day not just not just when it's time to come to church and sing and 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 for me to preach but what would happen if i got up out of my bed and i'm not feeling so hot i'm not feeling so great and i found me a place to pray and i decided god and god gave me a purpose that morning and i got up and i went out and i went about that purpose i i I will say, I can guarantee you, I know it's happened for me, that when I obey the voice of God, sometimes that's when my healing arrives. When I wake up in the middle of the night and I feel so horrible, and I I don't want to do anything, But I just want to lay there and just wallow in self-pity because I feel so nasty. But I remember a while back, God's just bringing these things back to my memory, where I just got out of the bed and I went into the living room and I spent some time praying and talking to God. I didn't go get any nausea medicine, I didn't go get any ibuprofen or anything, I just went and prayed. By the time I finished praying that night, I'll never forget, I went to bed and I felt fine. I don't know why I'm preaching everything I'm preaching tonight. All I can say is I'm trying to stir up some faith in some people. I'm not condemning anybody that's homesick. Please don't feel that way. I'm not trying to pinpoint anybody. I do know that right now, we are under attack. I understand when God starts moving, so does the enemy. All that stuff is just, just should be understood. But I want you to also understand that my God is bigger. My God is greater than anything in this world. And the Bible still tells me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Can I get an amen? There's nothing that the enemy can do that can thwart what God is doing in our midst. My God is great. My God is faithful. My God is excellent. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter number four. 1 Thessalonians chapter number four. <clears throat> Praise God. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, and we're going to start with verse 1. I want you to see some things here. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, that no man go beyond. And defraud his brother in any matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but he has called us unto holiness. Hallelujah, the apostle Paul was not finished and he went on in chapter 5, verses 1 through 8, and he said this after he told them, you need to abstain from things. You need to be righteous. You need to not be unclean. You need to be in holy people set apart unto the Lord. Amen, and then in verse 5, he chapter 5, he said, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write to you for yourself Know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction. Cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of the light and the children of the day. We are not children of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, amen, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of our salvation. Hallelujah, it's not time for us to be asleep. It's not time for us to be just going through the motions of our own lives. But my friend, my brother, my sister, I hope you hear this preacher tonight. We've got to get a hold of God like never before. It's time that we gird up the loins of our mind and become sober. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says this, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging without grudging I can promise you that as the church begins to move forward that the enemy's going to do his best to spark a situation between brothers and sisters in the church you're going to be upset well they didn't do this and they said this about me And but my question is did they really or was it something that the enemy drummed up in your mind I can promise you just one small statement from somebody. I've seen it happen time and time again where the enemy will take a small statement and say, See, I told you they didn't like you. I told you they they hated your guts. I told you that they were against you. I told you that they were going to try and tear you apart. Amen. But let me tell you something. Every once in a while, we need to get back to a place to where we are not asleep in the spirit and that we find a place of prayer and we begin to watch. Amen. And we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and God begins to reveal to you how much your brother loves you. Amen. If you think that your brother hates you, why don't you reach out to him in love and and let him know, hey, I love you. Amen. I, I know you think that I hate you, but I want you to know it's quite the opposite. God put you in my life because I needed you in my life. I didn't try to shove you away. You you just walked away from me. You You tried putting a blocker between me and you because something was said that you allowed to grow in your mind. You've got to somehow allow the Holy Ghost to begin to work those things out. Gird up the loins. Get rid of all the loose junk that's trying to to take up residence there in your in your mind. Let me tell you something. The old saying says you can't you can't stop the birds from flying above your head, but honey, you sure can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Amen. Let me tell you something. There is no reason why, amen, that 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 you you can't stop the. Let me say it this way. You can't stop the enemy. He's going to tell lies. That's what he does. He begins to work in our minds because he knows that's the battleground in which we're going to win this thing one day. But you don't have to let him live there. You don't have to let him settle in and take up residence. 1 Peter 5 is the last scripture I have for the night. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 6 we're going to read down through verse 9 humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time casting all of your care upon him for he careth for you be sober Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, is walking about seeking whom he may devour. Do you know whom he may devour? Now, it didn't say who he can. It said who he may. You understand the difference between can and may? He has the ability to devour you. That's the bottom line. He has the ability, but he doesn't have the permission. Do you know how he gains the permission? Well, first off, God allows him to try you. But secondly, in the ultimate way that he gains permission in your life is when you give him the permission. By listening to what he has to say. By allowing him to work in your life. This is why, this is why I've preached here before. I haven't hit it very often and very hard, but probably gonna, this year you guys, you guys are gonna wonder what happened to the old Pastor Hilton. I just want you to understand, Hollywood's not okay, folks. Productions of Hollywood, it's not okay. You say, well, Well, they got some good movies. Yeah? But let me tell you something. When is just one movie enough? There's something about entertainment. Once I start getting a taste of it, I want some more. And then I want a bit more action. And then I want a bit more of this. And I want a bit more. That's just our nature, folks. This is how the enemy has has been able to infiltrate the church time and time again is through the window of the soul, which is our eye. It's imperative. Look, if you're not going to let something happen in your house, you shouldn't let that thing be watched in your house. You shouldn't be entertained by those things. And Hollywood is full of it. But I want you to also understand, even if it's a so-called Okay, whatever. I want you to understand something. The people that built that thing for you to be entertained by have an agenda. And those people are driven by the spirits of this world. I don't have to and I won't do it because we have children in this room tonight. But there are things that go on in order for some of these stars to make it big in certain certain things. They have to do certain acts in order for them to be able to get into certain key areas in that world. Let me tell you something. We don't need that influence in our church. You don't need that influence in your life. I just want you to understand it's it's. Mm, Help me, Jesus. I don't know if it's somebody, but I, I can tell you the spirits of this world don't like what I'm talking about tonight. I want you to understand the Holy Ghost is a spirit. Sensuality is a spirit. Addiction is a spirit. We must guard ourselves from the evil effects of hell. The only way that we can do that is to force it out of our lives. And if you love your children and your loved ones, you're going to help force it out of their lives because we were all born to desire the sinful things. But let me tell you something, when the Holy Ghost comes on the inside, you ought to be changed, amen? The old things become new. The old things become new. And now I I am a new creature in Christ. I'm walking sober. I am vigilant. I'm always on guard. In fact, Ephesians chapter 6, I didn't put it in here, and I'm I'm about to close. So if somebody wants to come to music, that's fine. But Ephesians chapter 6 says this. Having done all to stand... Stand therefore. The word stand in this instance did not mean just just stand there and be still and do nothing. But no, the word stand there meant to stand in defense. I'm not losing ground. Hell may come my way, but I'm putting on the whole armor of God so that I can withstand the effects of the enemy. The fiery darts of hell are not stopping. Even though I may not know which direction I need to head right now, I'm going to stand my ground because I fought too hard to get where I am today. Amen. I've come too far, the old song said, to turn back now. I refuse to give in to what hell is trying to do in my life. I will surrender myself unto the one who is above all and through all and in you all. I will stand for Christ. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil's a roaring lion. Walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Be sober minded. Be sober minded. I said, Be sober minded. We don't have time to play games around here anymore, it's imperative. It's of the utmost importance that we make up our mind and get down on our knees and we begin to call on the name of the Lord like we've never called on him before. Be ye therefore steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Steadfast and unmovable. I need more of him today. I don't know about you, but I've got to have more of him today. I need the Holy Ghost like I've never needed it before. I need his guidance like I've never needed it before. Amen. I need him today. I don't know about you, but my, my heart and my mind is stirred up tonight. And I don't know... I've said this I said this Sunday, this year's going to be different because every service I'm going to press for us to get out of our comfort zones and find a place to pray. And I'm asking you, why don't you do that tonight? Why don't you get up out of your comfort zone, get up out of your pew. Why don't you come to the front, spend some time talking to the Lord. God, I need your help. God, I need your strength. I know there's not a lot of folks here tonight, but but we can get a hold of God for ourselves in this place. Oh, come on, let's talk to the Lord for just a little while today. Jesus, I need your strength. Jesus, I need your anointing. God, I work. I want to be holy, holy like you. Holy Spirit, purify me, cleanse and make. be holy like him today. Praise God. Amen. He's a good God to us. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Well, I'm thankful to be here tonight. Each of you that came, those of you that listened online, thank you for joining us. Amen. Praise God. Next Friday night,